The Long Monday presents Igor Stravinsky's The Soldier's Tale. Translation by Jeremy Sams. Down a hot and dusty track comes a soldier with his pack. Ten days' leave he has to spend. Will his journey never end? Logging homeward every day. But soon, soon. Very soon he will be home to stay. The soldier is tired in need of a rest, so he throws down his pack at the side of the lane and proceeds to do what a soldier does best. He starts to complain. <sighs> Shall I rest here? I could do worse. Oh, God, this soldier's life's a curse. Forward, march, advance, retreat. Aching bones and aching feet. Legs all bruised, feet all blistery. Why do I do it? <laughs> Total mystery. Walking, walking, night and day, and... Huh, now my stuff's in disarray. I hope my St. Joseph's not been lost. By St. Joseph, he means his lucky silver medal. With the image of his patron saint, his namesake attractively embossed. Oh, thank God in heaven. There he is. He pulls stuff from his kit bag. There's a ball of string, a reel of cotton, the bar of chocolate he'd forgotten, his razor-shaving brush, his basin, a broken mirror to see his face in. Then... Where's a picture? Where's it gone? He's referring to the portrait of his girlfriend, Yvonne. Oh. He finds it in his pack. He kisses it, then shoves it back. And then he reaches deep within and produces a battered violin. <laughs> Cheap old rubbish. Four and tat. No wonder it's always going so flat.
Give me your violin. No. Then sell it to me. No. I'll swap it for this book. I don't know how to read. Trust me, sir, there's no real need for this book. Its magic's rare indeed. And in its pages is wealth untold, title deeds, banknotes, mountains of gold. All right, let's have a look. Help yourself. He takes the book. Numbers, symbols, names of firms, stocks and shares, financial terms, economic strategy, and... Looks like double Dutch to me. Just be patient. Then you'll see. And anyway, if this book costs so much money, why on earth would you want to swap it for a fiddle that costs ten francs? Well, that's the point. You've got a bargain. Oh. Well, in that case, thanks. He gives the devil his violin and continues to read. Names of firms, financial terms, the stock exchange's totals record. At the end of trading on the 22nd of Friday, there's... Well, that's odd. What's today? Tuesday. Oh my god. It's a book that foretells all future events. It tells you what will happen four days hence. Meanwhile, the devil tries to play the violin in vain. Ah, right. You're coming home with me. What'd you say? I need you there to teach me how to play. But I've only ten days leave. We'll take my carriage. It's faster that way. My mother will be waiting by the door. She'll have to wait a few days more. Isn't that what mothers are for? But my darling is pining yonder. Well, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Right then. Where do you live? You'll be pampered. Clothed, fed, lodged in style on a feather bed. Two days visit, you can leave on the third, after which you'll be rich. I give you my word. What'll I eat? The tenderest meat. What'll I drink? Chateau Lafitte. What'll I smoke? Havana cigars of inordinate size, hand-rolled on a slave girl's thighs. That detail kind of tipped the balance. So off he went to share his talents with his new friend in a golden palace. For two days, the soldier sipped wine from a jeweled chalice. His bed was soft, his clothes were sumptuous, and every dish was rare and scrumptious. For two days, amidst this perfect idyll, he looked at the book and taught the fiddle. Two perfect days. The third day dawned, the stranger knocked, the soldier yawned. Oh, come in. Oh, just leave the tray by the door. Get dressed. You're going home today. I made a promise. I've kept my word. Two days are over. Today is the third. But what about my breakfast? Look down there. A tall, black carriage, with six black horses shivering, steaming in the morning air. Hold tight, they fly like the wind. And all of a sudden, the soldier was pinned to the back of his seat. Be careful, hold tight. 
He clung to the armrest. His knuckles were white. Faster and faster they galloped until the carriage raced up to the brow of a hill. And then, with a lurch and a tilt and a cry of alarm from the soldier, they started to fly. And suddenly, silently, soared through the sky. The soldier peered out and saw clouds scudding by. And when he dared, he looked downward. And there was the world. A glorious tapestry, beauty unfurled in hedgerows and forests of russet and green, the sky and the shore and the sea in between, a glimpse of the world that no mortal had seen. Time had no meaning. The hours whizzed round. The coach banked and hovered, then slid to the ground, and then disappeared with a silvery sound, leaving the soldier alone on the floor, and everything just as it had been before. Here's a soldier with his pack, trudging down a dusty track. He's exhausted and he's hot. Ten days leave is all he's got. Marching home, finally marching home. He's so happy to be there. Now his pack's as light as air. At last, here I am. Home. Hey, Madame Marie. Hi there. How are you? Your garden looks lovely and so do you. She doesn't seem to hear me. Hm. Oh, there's my mate Jacques. Hey, Jacques! Jacques is working in the fields. The soldiers shout at him. Shouts and waves and waves. But the other man doesn't wave back. What's the matter with him? I know that he saw me. It's Joseph, the soldier. There's no need to ignore me. Oh, well. But look. Here's the schoolhouse, the falling-down steeple, the ramshackle village teeming with people, men, women, and children crisscrossing the square. One after another, they stop, and they stare. Hello, everybody. It's Joseph. It's me. One after another, they turn and they flee. It's Joseph. 
I'm back. It's me. Here I am. One after another, the doors start to slam. No, don't run away. I... Am I mad? Am I dreaming? And then... There's my mother. She runs away screaming. And then, when she's gone, he thinks of Yvonne. My love, my darling, my night and my day. There she is on her farm, with a man on her arm. Married, two children, a third on the way. You bastard. You liar. Is this what you planned? Now I know who you are. Now I understand. No wonder my greetings fell on deaf ears. I wasn't with you for three days. I was with you for three years. No wonder they feared me. No wonder they fled. To them I'm a ghost. I'm a zombie. I'm dead. The bastard. That liar. That cheat. What a fool I was to listen to him. And yes, I was hungry. And yes, I was tired. But still, it doesn't explain why I listened to him and believed him. Never believe people you don't know. Never, never listen to them. Just tell them I don't know you, instead of which... Instead of which I listened to him. I shouldn't have trusted him, but I did. When I gave him my violin, stupid, miserable fool that I am. And now what am I going to do? Now what am I going to do? Now what am I going to do?
bastard. A liar and a cheat, too. So tell me, what are you going to do? You bastard. You liar. You parasite. There's no need to be impolite. Calm down, or you'll get indigestion. Calm down. That's it. Now answer my question. What are you going to do? How are you going to live? Come on. Your memory is like a sieve. Where's the book? It's in my pack. Indeed. In that case, then you have everything you need. You're a soldier, right? Prove it. Left, right, left, right, on the double. Move it. Hup. Attention. Put that gun away. I give you orders, you obey. Now go over there. Take your pack. Now leave it there. And now come back. Attention. Same position. Don't move till I give permission. Take off your cap. Now put this on. It suits you. Take off your tunic. Stand over there. We'll find you something else to wear. Back in position. Attention. Keep still. I'll tell you when I'm done. Now the book. Where did you put it? Oh, yes. Yes, you said. Now go and get it. No. Just the book. Bring it to me. Treat this book respectfully. Treat it with the proper care and it might make you a millionaire. The devil produces his violin. So, this is yours and this is mine. Each his own and all will be fine. He read the book, at least as best he could, and the more he read, the more he understood. At last he fathomed what the book was for. It meant money. Money, money, more and more. And with this money, he acquired goods and set up stores in ritzy neighborhoods. The more he made, the more he bought and sold. Roll up, roll up. And up they rolled. Roll up, roll up, lovely ladies. Uh, just for you today we have cloths and ties, black and navy blue and midnight blue and pastel blue, lavender blue and sky blue, beige and sandy brown and gray and dark gray and gray gray and medium gray and silver gray and deep purple and pitch black and brown and medium brown and khaki in sizes 8 to 20 and cloth and gold and crepe de chine, sheer white satin and my advice is to buy it now at pre-war prices. He bought things, he sold things, new things, old things, hot things, cold things, tin things, gold things, thousands and thousands and thousandfold things. He even made a special list of things that didn't yet exist. And still people bought them. 
People even had thoughts because he'd thought them. This book can bring one wealth untold. Rivers of diamonds, mountains of gold. All that you long for, your slightest desire. All the earthly good you could ever acquire. We're all of us doomed. We're all going to die. So why not live? So why not buy? They need to pay. They need to spend. They need a life. They need a love. They need a friend. They need to live before they die, and then, because they can, they buy. They need the merchants, they need the shops, so that they can buy everything. He stops. Everything. What is everything? Who needs everything? The more that you have, the more sadness will follow. For a thing is a thing. And then finally hollow. A thing's a husk with dust inside. Things are empty. Things have died. God, how I long for something real. Something simple. Like the feel of dewy grass on naked feet. Children playing in the street. Things that you could see and hear for free. Things that belong to you and me. Rowdy Fridays, long weekends, sleepy Sundays spent with friends, growing roses, Christmas Day, fresh baked bread and new mown hay, sitting in a street cafe, allowing yourself time to smoke and think as someone comes along and tops off your drink, simple things that do you good, openness and brotherhood. You see, those who have nothing have everything. And I, who have everything, have nothing. Nothing at all. Satan, you bastard. Is this what you're after? To drain my life of love and laughter? To take my joy and paint it black and then never, ever bring it back? Is the answer in the book? He opens it and takes a look. Come on, book. You know the answers, every one. Others are happy. How is it done? How can I lose the fortune that I've won? Distraught, the soldier starts thumbing madly through the book. He's on the verge of tears. It is not a pretty sight. Beloved book, please tell me how. There has to be a trick, a strategy to take me back to what I used to be. Of all the men I know, I have the most, yet I walk among the living like a ghost. A millionaire. But what would I not give to live the life that other people live? Instead, I walk among the living, and I'm dead. Excuse me, sir. Rat-a-tat-tat. What the hell do you want? Just a chat. He drops his book. <gasps> oh, sorry, sir. I think that sir dropped that. What do you want? Well, I'll explain. I wouldn't want you to remain in ignorance or mystified. I've got a chest of precious things oh, just outside. No, thanks. Please, sir. Look, just take my purse. Here. Sir, I have my pride. The one thing that I've learned is never take money you haven't earned. You do your job. You do your best. You pay your bills. You keep the rest. So, shall I get the chest? Might be best. 
Oh, look, sir. Pretty, pretty things. Watches, necklaces, and rings. Belgian lace. A knife from Hungary. Other bits of ironmongery. You do your job. You do your best. Oh, what might arouse your interest? Look, this, a saint's medallion. Maybe French or North Italian. Piece of mirror, reel of cotton, a bar of chocolate long forgotten. What's this? A picture of a girl with jet black hair? Oh, a definite reaction there. But I've still not quite reeled you in. Well, how about this? A violin. How much? I'm asking you how much. Come on, how much? Please, let's be nice and friendly and agree a price. First, give us a serenade. We'll fix the deal. But once you've played... Down a hot and dusty track comes our hero without his pack. Marching on, not looking back. Marching on to God knows where. Our reluctant millionaire. Over the bridge, there he goes. Where's he bound for? No one knows. He doesn't even know himself. This is all he knows. He had to journey on because he couldn't stand the way life was. He gave a fortune to the poor. He didn't want it anymore. He left his sumptuous house one day and very quietly slipped away. And now he's what he used to be. Well, that is, theoretically. But what now? Unencumbered by the things he had before, he's free to wander. Free to knock on any door. To make a new life, if he can. To become a better man. So, things are pretty much the same. Nothing much has really changed, except, of course, he has no pack. No past. No burden on his back. Will he take the road to home? The road he took before? No. He doesn't have a home anymore. 
So on he marches, all day long, on and on and on and on, until one day he arrives at home. Across it is a village with an inn, into which he wanders aimlessly, sits down, and has a drink or three. He sits and sips and thinks, what next? He looks around, bemused, perplexed. He starts to stare through the sheer white muslin curtains out onto the square. Pretty muslin curtains fluttering in the breeze, the sound of summer leaves rustling in the trees, the tweeting of the chaffinches, the buzzing of the bees. And then he heard the sound of people, first a murmur, then a hum, then the clamoring of voices, then the beating of a drum. And then he heard a stern oration, a proper royal proclamation about the Princess Gwendolen, the daughter of the king, of the kingdom he was in, who was ill and wouldn't sleep, wouldn't speak, wouldn't eat. The royal proclamation was read out in the street, and it was all about the Princess Gwendolen, the daughter of the king of the kingdom he was in. The person who can cure her and save her life may claim the royal princess to his wife. Just then a bloke came over and said to Joseph, Hi, old chap, what'll it be? Even though he didn't actually know him, but that's not really that odd. When I was a soldier, the same thing was always happening to me. You're my fellow soldier. I saw you come in. I thought I'd come over and wag the chin. He doesn't look happy. <laughs> that's what I thunk. Why not toddle over and help him get drunk? So, anyway, cheers. Here's mud in your eye. That thing with the king, you should give it a try. They love the uniform. Knock at the door. Say you're from the Army Medical Corps. I'd try myself, but I just got wed. But why don't you have a bash instead? Why not? For God's sake, give it a go. Offer to treat her. They can only say no. Why not? Damn it, why not? <laughs> Goodbye, messmate. Thanks for the tip and the chat, the drink, and the companionship. So our hero, somewhat unsteadily, makes his way to the palace gates, where he rings the bell, and again, and then waits. A sergeant comes and says, What do you want? Why did you ring? The soldier replies, To see the king. <laughs> Thank you.
was welcomed into the palace with trumpets and drumming. It's almost as if they knew I was coming. The king received me, smiled, and said, Are you a doctor? I nodded my head. I'm with the Army Medical Corps. We've had a few of those before. <laughs> but they didn't know my particular tricks. Then I'll put you down for half past six. No problem, I said. That's quite all right. I'll see you later on tonight. He left the king sitting on his throne, and he thought, a wife to call my own, after all these years alone. It should be all right. It should be okay. Let's see what the cards have to say. Oh, hearts. Seven, queen, ten. Nothing but hearts, again and again. Nothing but hearts. My luckiest suit. A wife of my own, and a princess to boot. Sorry, matey. Join the queue. There's someone here ahead of you. Bad luck. Don't be angry. I know that you're rich, but occasionally life is a son of a bitch. It isn't always a barrel of fun. In practice, the fact is, you've lost, and I've won. Look. Card after card, hearts all the way. You probably think that it's your lucky day. Ha! Nothing but happiness, so you believe? He holds up the violin. But I have the trump card here up my sleeve. And then I began to understand. He had the secret right there in his hand. And now I'm trapped. My back's against the wall. And again, I have nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. That bastard. Smash his head in. Break his arm. He's not human. It'll do him no harm. He's still got a hold on you. A claim because all your wealth originally came from him. So he controls you. Don't you see? If you can lose that money, then you're free. Play him at cards. Then you just have to lose. If he'll play you, his weakness is sure to kick in. He has an overwhelming compulsion to win, and blinded by greed, he will heed no warning, won't notice when you go all in. All in? What? You mean bet every bean? I do. I mean bet everything. Every pound, every shilling, every ball of fine linen, every promissory note, every debt, every groat. This is your only chance to break free. Please, my young friend, please listen to me. You really have got to get shot of the lot. It is the only chance that you've got. Right. Okay. Here goes. 
Excuse me. Do you want to play cards? What? I've got cash. Are you in? My dear chap, you're on. How could I refuse? Make sure that he keeps winning. Then he'll lose. Gold, silver, banknotes. Terrific. What do we play for? Ten a trick? No. Fifty. One hundred, or even higher. A hundred? Be careful, you're playing with fire. No more book or violin. Oh, but keep on playing. Ha! Maybe you'll win. Mmm, that's it with cash. It flows in, it flows out. But when you start gambling, you end up with nout. You're poor, not richer, older, not younger. Nothing but misery, nothing but hunger. Ah, you'll sell all you have. You'll sleep in the streets. Your feet will be bare. Then not just your feet. Put down a hundred. Play again. I bet a thousand. You're insane. Make it five thousand. Six thousand. There. Careful, sir. Take care. Take care. Ha! I won. Are you still playing? Yes. Tell him everything that you possess. Everything that I possess. The lot. What? Everything you've got. All in. The lot. Very well. I, the ace of spades, and you? The ten. There! You see? I've won! I've won everything! Yes, yes, but not so fast. My head's in a bit of a spin. Huh? I feel weak. There you are. I told you you could break his spell. Look at him now. He doesn't look well. Offer him a drink. Say to him, here's to your very good health. I got you a drink. Here's to you. You may have already had one or two. I drink to your health. There we are. You're going much too far. He's falling. Look out. Timber! I'm free. <laughs> I'm free! <laughs> At that moment, the soldier reaches out for the violin. Do you think I dare? Well, he's not had enough yet. Uh, there we are. There. Let's count them out. Seven, Seven eight, eight, nine, nine, ten. <laughs> this once was yours. Now it's yours again. The soldier takes the violin, stands by the devil and begins to play.
Princess, your highness, be assured, for very soon you will be cured. The man who's found himself once more will soon come knocking at your door. A man who's forged his life anew will pass his newfound strengths to you. He'll give you life, he'll give you breath, for he himself hath cheated death. Princess Gwendolyn lies in her bed, so deep in sleep you'd think that she were dead. The soldiers playing rouses her from rest, and then she dances, first stiffly, then languidly, then like a thing possessed.
The devil wakes and sees them there in tight embrace, a happy pair sharing hopes and sharing dreams. The princess sees the demon, screams. The devil, confused, frustrated, incapacitated by drink and defeat, staggers about like a drunk on the street. He tries to resist, but in vain. His legs won't obey him, he's practically lame. In effect, it is over. The battle is done. It seems that the soldier and his new bride have won. Just for now, they're both are having fun. 
but their kingdom is a tiny one. Within this country they must stay, or else they'll fall beneath my sway. Not long from now they'll both get itchy feet, and the day they do, I promise you, my vengeance will be sweet. I'll see that she goes back to bed, and I'll drag him down to hell amongst the living dead. He'll be begging me, please let me die, and I will sit and I will laugh as I watch him fry. Hmm. A fair warning from the devil, but like the pain of an old wound, over time, fair warnings fade. The thing you were before you changed, you can't be anymore. You cannot add what you've now become to what you were before. You have to choose. You cannot have everything. That's not allowed. One happiness is all the happiness you get. And two's a crowd. got everything I want, he said one night as they were lying in their bed. The princess said, You haven't yet told me what your life was like before we met. to say it all seems so long ago. My soldiering, the life I used to know. My village and my dear old mother. So long ago it seems so far away. In fact, we could be there in half a day. What if we went there? Went there now? We're not allowed to go. We could cross the border and hurry back. Who would ever know? 
She looks at him. She says to him, You know you want to, too. She looks at him. She smiles at him. And he says, Come here, you. No, not unless you say yes. Then I'll lie with you. Not unless you say yes. No, not until you do. Maybe this time my mother will know me. Why not? It's worth a go. And then she can show me the love and affection a mother needs to show. If she'd agree to come home with me, life would be perfect indeed. Son, wife, and mother all loving each other. What more could anyone need? So off they go. I know, I know. But they're on their way. They're nearly there. There is a hint of danger in the air. The soldier ran on ahead to find the frontier post. The princess lagged behind. He calls to her, almost turns back, then has a change of mind. Caught between two different loves, between two different times. Alas, he cannot help himself, despite foreboding in the air. Oblivious to the old constraints, he steps across the line. And there, leaning patient on his cane, the soldier's worst nightmare. Head inclined in condescension, wearing his best smug Sunday grin, the devil beckons him with crooked finger and leads him down to Hades with a small brown violin. (laughs) 